Welcome to the Wealthier Together pop-up podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to help women cultivate wellness in all areas of their lives. The first series in this podcast is going to focus on financial health and financial wellness. We all know that our financial health and wellness affects our physical, emotional, and mental health or wellness. I'm interviewing Kristen. She is the founder of Fruitful Stewardship, and she helps women and families experience financial growth with purpose. Fruitful Stewardship offers fee-only comprehensive financial planning for clients. So hi, Kristen. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I am doing well. So can you tell me a little bit about your story, how you got into finance and why Fruitful Stewardship? You bet. You bet. I founded Fruitful Stewardship LLC because I wanted to empower women and families um, with financial guidance by by bringing clarity and intention to their finances. So as a financial planner and coach, I help clients identify and live by their values. I help them spend intentionally. I help them rest in contentment and give generously. Um, My background, I graduated from the University of Kansas with my finance degree and went and worked in corporate finance but was missing the people element there. And so I wanted to actually work with individuals to um, help them achieve their financial goals. And so in 2010, I transitioned to working as an advisor at Edward Jones. And then after that, um, after I left Edward Jones, I worked for a number of different organizations in financial services and have been in financial services since that time. Wonderful. I think it definitely looking at finances is very important. And especially with women, now the women are, um, are getting higher paid jobs, but sometimes we don't have that um that experience and that backing that we need to properly manage our finances that align with in a way that aligns with our values and helps us, you know, save for retirement and the other areas in which we need to save. So you're going to be focusing on money mindset. And so my big, my one question is what is money mindset and why is it even important? Oh, that's a great question. And money mindset is the attitude and the beliefs about money that shape a lot of your financial decisions and behaviors. And that's important because so many of the decisions and the behaviors that we have around money, we don't even realize um, are being shaped by our money mindset. And so if we haven't identified our money mindset and if we haven't done some groundwork there, it will be difficult to go and make the changes that we need to make in order to improve our financial situation over the long term. That is really true. A lot of people are very unaware. They think that they make money decisions in a logical way. But as we know, and studies have shown, that most money decisions are made on emotional impulse or by emotion before logic. So it's emotion, and then we kind of try to create a rationale to why we made that buying decision. So what are some of the most common mindset money mindset mistakes that you see people making? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think the first mindset mistake that I see people making is, of course, not actually examining their money mindset. Um, But a couple things that I try to talk about with clients are that people sometimes forget that money is active. So money is constantly moving and you get to choose how it moves. And if you don't 
make the choice to actually direct it to where you want it to go, it will direct itself. And so one mistake that I see people making is forgetting that money is active and that they can actually play a role in that. Um, and then the second mistake that I see often is that people assign morals to money. So people maybe grow up and they feel like money is good or money is bad, but money is amoral. And um, one of my favorite authors on the subject of money mindset um, is Lynn Twist. And one of the things that she says is, it is our interpretation of money, our interaction with it, where the real mischief is and where we find the opportunity for self-discovery and transformation. And I completely agree with that. And when I read that in her book, um, The Soul of Money, it resonated with me because um, sometimes people do assign beliefs to money or they assign it characteristics where it does not have any characteristics. It is the mindset that we bring into our interaction with it that actually influences our financial behaviors and decisions. That is very true. Um, there, especially as people are growing up, a lot of people will, um, especially women will get, mm -hmm. like you were saying, people say money is bad and assign like more a moral characteristic to it when my money is actually just a tool it's neutral right. and yes. so i think that especially for me in the health it's just health field it's very that mindset getting those beliefs and helping people reframe them is the best yes. way to help people make actually take control of the, their decision so they don't feel helpless and overwhelmed so yes. that they're able to actually take control of their health and in your case, money, which they're both tied. <laughs> yes, so, that's, um, that's right. So what are some ways that women can reframe their mindset for success in regards to their financial decisions? Yeah, that's a great question too. And um, I want to acknowledge first that it does take boldness and courage to go through the process of looking at your money mindset, because you are going to be going back and examining what has brought you to this point and what has formed the beliefs that you currently hold about money. And so the first step is really to figure out where you've come from. And one thing that I like to start um, in my very first meeting with clients, I'll try and ask, what is your very first money memory? So actually thinking through what is the first memory that you have about money? Was it a conversation that you had with your parents? Was it an interaction with peers at school? And from there, trying to remember some of the conversations or the situations throughout your childhood and your lifetime that have shaped how you feel about money and um, some of your beliefs around it. And so think about when you were a child, obviously our um, families of origin have a significant influence here. And so think about when you were a child, was there enough money? Was it a struggle in your house growing up? that could possibly lead to a scarcity mindset. Um, think about if money was free flowing. Was there enough money to go around? Was it something that you felt you had influence over and that you had some level of control and that you could direct with confidence? Maybe that would more easily lend to an abundance mindset. Think about some of the refrains that you repeat to yourself about money throughout the day and just start noticing those things. Pay attention because so many times the things that we're telling ourselves about money are so ingrained. We don't even recognize that we're telling ourselves those things. True. So 
starting by trying to determine where you've come from, examining some of the situations in your life that you experienced growing up, and then trying to recognize where you're currently at by paying attention to the stories and refrains that you're telling yourself through the day, even with the smallest of purchases or decisions. It's those small decisions that we overlook, but actually make up that big picture and they add up. So yes. And I'm sure you recognize that. I mean, in the health field, there are a number of small decisions that you can make throughout your day, but ultimately those small decisions and those habits direct so much of our life and we don't give them enough credit sometimes. But if you can acknowledge and seek to make changes in those small things, it will ultimately help direct your life. I definitely agree, especially in regards to health where people want to just like do take care of, they want to do just a whole makeover overnight. And it's like, you have to set up the habit before you get there. So who do you need to be? You have to work on who you need to be to get to whatever goal. And especially with money, some people say, well, I can't save because I don't have enough money. And then you hear these stories of people that were teachers and they, they don't get a, they don't get paid a ridiculous amount of money, but when they die, they leave millions. So they started somewhere. Right. And so getting people, or how do you get women to see that it's those small habits that they need to work on that'll get them to who they need to be yes, so that they can actually be able to get their financial house in order and be able to maintain it long-term because we don't need short-term in finances, right. it's long-term. Right, right. The first thing, like I said, is trying to figure out where you're at right now. And that is from a money mindset standpoint, but also from a tracking standpoint. So figuring out where is your money going? What is happening? How is it being used in your household right now? And so it really does start with looking at the most basic of things, but then trying to pick one thing every day to improve or to do differently that will move you in the direction that you want to go ultimately in your life. I think that that's one thing about financial planning, um, good financial planning can help people in really deep and meaningful ways. And when financial planning is done correctly, it can move people towards, um, towards freedom to pursue the things that they want to accomplish in life. It can protect a person or a family from unnecessary risk. It can empower a person to take advantage of opportunities. And so, that all isn't going to happen overnight, but by sitting down and finding one thing a day or having that weekly conversation with your spouse every week um, or significant other to talk about where are you at with your finances. Um, I find that a number of people that I work with, it comes as a relief just to understand where they are financially. So in order to understand where you sit financially, you have to sit down and take that look and figure out where are you at right now. And that's from a mindset standpoint, that's from a you know financial wellness and balance sheet standpoint, and just looking at what you have versus what's going out. Um, but sitting down, figuring out where you're at, and then going through and choosing one thing that you can improve. It really does come down to that one decision and picking one thing instead of trying to fix like the whole picture. Yes, yes. yep. So how important is it, especially since you work with women and their families, for them to get their partner 
their husband, their, yeah, a, a board, because a lot of times people go and do it, try to do it alone. And without yeah. that accountability, it's overwhelming. Yeah. And then people quit or they feel like they're a failure. And, you know, all those beliefs start coming in. That's the scarcity. Yeah. So how important yeah. is it to, you know, bring in the spouse to say, hey, we, you know, need to tackle this? Yeah, yeah. I, think I think it's very important. And it, it will be hard as a couple, couple to make progress if, one of you is not willing to engage in this process because it your team if you're married and these decisions will affect both of you ultimately and so it is absolutely of critical importance to have both people engaged in the process to have both people on board and that comes down to looking at what are we trying to achieve as a couple as a family and being in alignment on that vision and on that Goal, and then on why you're trying to achieve that too. Um, this also can relate to mindset sometimes. Sometimes um, it's hard for people to even imagine a desire that they have because they're scared to actually dream or to have a desire or to have a goal. But if we don't do the work to actually create a goal in our mind, it will be hard to do the work that will be required to actually achieve that and to make the progress that they need to make in order to find themselves in a better position. Um, if you are able to do that with a spouse, that is extremely helpful. If you're not, that's what financial planners and financial coaches are available for. Um, but a number of people do benefit from the accountability of a financial planner or a financial coach. Some people don't feel as though they need that, and that's okay. If they're making progress on their own, keep on keeping on, you know? <laughs> Make, make the, the progress that you can make. make. But if you need help, seek help and you will find that you'll be able to make more strides more quickly. That's very true. And accountability, especially with these, with decisions and lifestyle changes that require small changes over a long period of time before you see the yeah. results, that yeah. accountability definitely helps you make stay consistent because a lot of times if you no one's gonna be if you don't have anyone to answer to or no one to follow up with you're like yeah. no one really cares and it doesn't matter when actually it does but it does. since you don't have that accountability you you give yeah. up basically you're, it allows yeah. you to give up quicker than you would if you know that you have to you know answer to someone about your budget whether it's your spouse or the financial planner it yes. keeps you on your game and then when you get down they remind you this is why like you were talking about knowing your why like this is why you know you want to retire you don't want to have to depend on your children this is why yes. so yes exactly that, that is that is definitely very important so if someone wanted to work with you, what is that process? What what steps could they take to working with you as a financial planner? Oh, that's, that's a great, great question. question. Um, the, the first, first thing that I do is I connect with people. I do a 30-minute complimentary consultation. And that helps me understand where they're at and what they're trying to achieve. And it helps both of us assess whether this is a good fit for us going forward. Because it is working with a financial planner when done well. Um, can be a long-term relationship and that person can be a trusted advisor and trusted contact and so it needs to be a good fit for both parties um so that complimentary consultation is something that i do to help each person determine whether it's a good fit or not and then moving forward from there i offer comprehensive financial plans which um, is the opportunity to look at your entire financial life and see the big picture of where you're at financially and then work 
together to determine what steps are most important moving forward. And so we're going to set some very specific goals, and then I'm going to provide you with you know, very direct guidance in terms of how to achieve those goals. And then over time, we can continue to check in and um, monitor those goals as we move forward. Um, but the other option that I offer for people um, is an hourly option for consultation. So if people just have, you know, I just have a really quick question and I need to talk to a planner about this, I'm happy to engage with them on an hourly basis too. If comprehensive financial planning isn't something that they're interested in at this point or um, is outside of their price range. so. That sounds like a great way to start. And I know a lot of people, especially a lot of women, um, are in the dark sometimes about their finances. And I think that this is the best time to, the best date time to start is today. So a lot of people say, yeah, they're like, well, you know, it doesn't, you know, it won't matter, but it does matter. And the fact that you are aware now allows you to make that decision and put the steps in place that'll get you to your goal. And so especially since finances play such a role in health because people don't look at the two but they yes. matter if you are tired or if you're stressed you're unable yes. to focus at work or if you're an entrepreneur you know just all those other stresses you can't do anything so it's very important yes. in order to it's important to cultivate financial health and that will also help you maintain and cultivate your emotional mental and of course physical health and yes. so they, they all spill over. They, they absolutely, absolutely do. And I think that, you know, as we talked about picking one small thing to change every day, it does not have to be financially related. It can be something that is related to your health because that does oftentimes spill over to um, more intentional financial decisions. And that's ultimately what we're after is making sure that the choices that you're making today are intentional because they will have consequences down the line. And so... Looking, looking at them, them today will help you move in the direction that you ultimately want to go in over the long term. That is definitely true. One decision today will, <laughs> when you see those results, it balloons into other healthier decisions. So regardless of whether it's financial or fitness, emotional health, mental health, they yes. really are tied together. I mean, you can't yeah. separate them. No. Um, <laughs> I agree with you 100%. <laughs> So thank you so much, Kristen, for doing this interview. I really wanted people to just get that concept of money mindset and realize that there are things, beliefs that we picked up from childhood that are really mm -hmm. holding us back from living, being free. What financial health and wellness buys you is freedom. It's yes. not just being out of debt. It's the freedom to spend your time the way you want, the freedom yeah. and the peace of mind to know that you've provided for your family or whatever yeah. your specific goal is. And so yes. thank you so much. Can you tell us where people can find you or where they can sign up for your consultation, follow you on social media? You, you bet. bet. My, My website, website is fruitfulstewardship.com. And on the website, I would love to have you sign up for my monthly newsletter and that will go out monthly and has the latest thing that I'm reading, relevant articles. And that's a great way to just learn more about what I'm about. And then you're also able to sign up for a free consultation on the website there as well. And so I hope to hear from you and I would love to talk with you and be sure and mention that you heard, heard us on the podcast here. 
Thank you so much, Kristen. I hope you enjoyed day two of the financial wellness series. Kristen talked about how our money mindset influences most of the decisions that we make about money. Hopefully you took away some tips on how to better reframe your mindset for success in regards to whether it's saving up for retirement or saving up for a trip, whatever financial goal that you have. If you're interested in working with Kristen, make sure you go to her website, sign up for a complimentary session, and don't forget to let her know you heard her on the podcast. If you learned something new, don't forget to share this with a friend, comment and let us know what you liked about this podcast interview, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast.